Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show. I've never had it so good sports radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Never had it so good. It's Sports Talk Radio. I am Princess Cooper with my co-host, Duck Riley. Tim Moore will be joining us in just a moment. We'll get the guys in here. Um, Coach Duck, how are you, sir? Doing well, Princess. Uh, uh, another 80-degree day in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Amen. Amen. I don't know. I haven't really been outside today in Florida, but every day is pretty <laughs> in Florida. Oh, every okay. day. Because okay. this is God's country. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Look, for... you, you set me up for that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> for the lob and a slam dunk. Um, I am excited to do this show today. Maybe even chime in a little bit because once I, the Lakers won, I said, oh, I can't wait to talk to Larry Tisdale. That is like my <laughs> favorite thing every week now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're hoping that you're going to jump in with us, Francis. That'll, that'll, be, that'll be great. Um, challenge accepted. Let's get everybody in here and welcome them to the show. Will Harris, how are you? Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? What's up, Will? Doing good. All right. Um, sure, I think this is Tony never had it so good. Tony Coleman, how are you? Hey, I'm doing real, real good. Princess Dave, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> hey, Tony, no hands are so good. Okay. Hey, it's 75 <laughs> and sunny here in, the, you know, Delaware. All right. Okay. Delaware. All right. It's a pretty day. That's a pretty yeah. day. Let's see what it's doing in, in Larry Tisdale Brunson um, area. Let's see yeah. what it's doing there. <laughs> oh, my good. What's up, fam? Me still in my family. How you doing? How's everybody? I'm doing good. If, if that's all it takes to get you on the line, I, okay, I'm on you. You and them ladies. Hey. Yeah, I picked them for you. Remember now, that. You picked them, and I didn't pick them, so I was worried, okay. and I'm still worried at three one. But let's see what happens. Um, um, right. Duck, you can get started. No, 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 Tommy. My buddy Tommy Pritchett isn't on yet. And I'll welcome oh, him um, when he gets in. Okay. Okay. And by the way, right, Doug, um, real quick, it's 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 68 and sunny in Jersey. Just yeah, I guess everybody's giving the weather report. <laughs> anything, any anything under 70, we're not even talking about it. Oh, right. I'm not even. There. <laughs> My bad. I, I got to get to Delaware. Man, <laughs> he just moved the goalposts on his on his cruise <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, I get there. Hey, look, we didn't get the temperature from Will. What you got, Will? What, what's, what's the temperature there? It's down here by about uh, 80 the last uh, week, so pretty hot down Where there. Where you at, Will? I'm in South Florida. Okay. Yeah. It's Gainesville. Duck is 86 here. It's 86 okay. here. I'm in the same state with Will. 
Okay. Right. God's country, right, Will? God's country. Right. Got right. Different heat. Okay. Okay, Will. We we have to cut you loose too, Will. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, hold on, Duck. I think I see Tommy Pritchard in the system here. Let's welcome him to the show. Tommy Pritchard, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good evening, everyone. And Tommy, what's, what's, All right. what's we the, want to know where you are. <laughs> and what's the temperature? Uh, it might be in the seven. It might be seventy right now. Okay. All right. Yes, well, Larry's the only one we can't come on. He got 68-degree weather. So. Yeah, my bad. 68 in the month of May? Yeah. 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 That's about right yeah. up there. Okay, but... All right, Larry, I'm going to stay with you, Larry. Uh, let's, let's talk about uh, the Phoenix and the Denver Nuggets. What's, what's going on with that series? You know, it's everything that I kind of thought it was going to be. Um, you know, Denver Denver is really unique in that everybody that touches the ball for Denver uh, can put it up and will put it up and can score. So it could come from everywhere, even though, you know, obviously, you know, you, they've got the big two. But everybody who touches the ball, so if you don't play really great defense, you could be in trouble. Um, Duran has stepped up his game. Um, but I think he probably needs to step it up even more um, if, if, if they're going to have an opportunity to win this. I still got Denver, you know, pulling this out. But I think Durant's going to need to step his game up. And I think if they want to, you know, Denver probably needs to become a little more physical with him because he's never uh, appreciated that, that type of game if the refs are going to allow it. So it is the series that we kind of thought it was going to be. Um, I still have Denver pulling this out. I just think they just have – um, anybody at any time um, has a go-ahead to put the ball up and has the ability. So they have been able to make, you know, pretty good players uh, above average players. So it, it's nice to see that. Okay. Uh, Francis, uh, Denver Phoenix, what, what are you liking about this series? Um, can I just say Petty first and say I don't like Jokic and I think he should be suspended, or maybe we should say that for another time. Um, <laughs> I am – I, you know what? I picked Phoenix in this only because I thought that the addition of KD would, would make a difference, although I don't like it and I think he's jumping from team to team. But with, with um, Chris Paul hurt, I think it's kind of panned out just like – it's supposed to, you know, two and then two. And what great play by Devin Booker. I think the team looks faster without him. Um, and I think this is going to go seven games. Um, and uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, Will, Jokic hit 53 on uh, Phoenix, but they still lost. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, Denver's basically getting nothing out of their bench. I mean, they're basically the – most of the production has come from Jokic and Murray. I uh, still picked them to win the series, but they're going to need a lot of help from the uh, their supporting cast. I mean, it looks like I mean, Jokic has monster game, a uh, monster series, actually. He's been playing real well, you know, showing that he should have been in more consideration for the MVP. I just think Phoenix has just been getting more production from one their bench, and then KD and Booker have been playing good as well. But I'm still going to stick with my uh, Denver pick. going to have to be more than just Jokic and Murray if they're going to pull this out. Okay, uh, Tommy, they're calling Booker the 
the light skin uh, mamba. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I tell you what, he's been a he's been a force. You know, he's I think he's averaging about thirty seven points a game. Um and they they've needed all of the points that he's provided. Um you know, in order for the Suns I had picked the Suns to win this series, but you know, after looking at the way they're playing and the way their bench had been playing, um, I didn't have much faith. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel, I don't feel that way now. Uh, the Suns, you know what? They, in order for them to win, they don't have to contain Jamal, Jamal Murray. If they want to advance, they have to to, to uh, contain him. The Joker is going to score, but they have to contain Murray. You know, the Suns bench. <clears throat> Stepped up, up the last game, and uh, Landry Shamit. If he hadn't came in and did what he did, they, uh, they, they, they would have lost the last game. But you know, I'm not gonna change my pick, even though Denver is looking good right now. I'm gonna stay with Phoenix. I'm gonna stay with Phoenix. Okay. Uh... Tony, you, you hear what Larry said earlier. Uh, now that KD is in the West, he's not getting pushed and beat on like when he was uh, in the East. Your thoughts on that? Uh, you're exactly right. I think uh, out West, they tend to be a little bit more finesse and they try to play at, play at a higher pace. The physicality is not the same. Um that's that's the only way you're going to really get to KD is when the game is at a real high level of physicality. Um, and I just got to mention this. I just got to say this while we're talking about Phoenix and Denver. I got to agree with Princess. Uh, you know, the Joker should have been suspended. I know it was a little bit more uh, high stakes involved with that kind of, you know, decision by the league. The league would have really caught a lot of, you know, flack for that. But, I mean – Hey, what he did was worthy of suspension. I just want to mention that and just keep moving. But I like the way the series is going. It's 2-2. It seems to be a domination of home court. So now what's going to have to happen is who can win on the road. That's going to really dictate and determine the outcome of this series. Who can go to uh, the other team's home court and beat them on their floor? Uh, for the remainder of these games. And uh, I like the play of, you know, uh, of late uh, of the Phoenix bench. Uh, one thing they got to be concerned with is, you know, Gordon and Jeff Green, also, um, you know, Pope coming in. But really, I think a real a really big um, uh, thing they got to really take a look at is if Green or Gordon is in a lineup, you got to make sure those guys don't get started because they can really hurt you when you got to worry about the Joker and uh, and Murray, so um, if the Phoenix Suns can keep the pace up, um, make shot, I think that they will win this series, and also at the same time keeping certain guys at bay, um, you know like Green and Gordon, um, and also Pope. You know the Joker and Murray are gonna do their things, but you got to kind of contain them somewhat. 
And I'm going with Phoenix. I'm going to ride it out with Phoenix. Okay. I want to uh, jump back to Tommy real quick. And, and you guys keep talking about, you know, Booker, Durant, uh, uh, Murray, Joker. I'm telling you, man, Porter is pretty good, man. Oh, yeah. And we're, and we're not mentioning him at all. Uh, I want to jump to uh, Tommy with it, but also, Tommy, hit me with it, and then I'm going to see what Tim has to say about that because I, I think he he could be the key. You know what? He could be the key, but he's selling for mostly three-pointers. You know, we're talking about a 16 guy, man. He very seldom driving to the hole. Um. I just think he needs to, to go inside a little bit more and, and not shoot as many threes. He can shoot, but with his size, I think he can do a little bit more damage on the inside. Okay, uh, Tim, we're talking about Phoenix, Denver. Yeah, I was listening to that, and, and my opinion is uh, if the Joker deserves to be suspended, then the owner – of the Phoenix Suns should be banned from his own building. He um, <laughs> yeah. had no over there grabbing at the ball, so they both were they both were in the wrong. And I think the outcome that they gave, unless they're going to ban the owner from the building, then the Joker should not be suspended. Um, and I leave that there. Um, the second thing, um, the the teams, um, I think Denver's a better team. They're 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 more diverse. They've got more weapons um, than uh, than Phoenix, and, um, and and I you know I hate to I hate to harp on officials. I'm I'm not a big fan of officials, but they're letting a lot of stuff go uh, offensively with uh, with Phoenix. I mean uh, these guys are pushing off with their off arm an awful lot when they do crossovers, when they do step backs, uh, and they're not calling it. Um, and they're calling it on Denver. Um, but then I think Denver's a better team. They're, they're, they've got more weapons. Uh, they've got uh, uh, Booker. I mean, not Booker. Uh, uh, the big 6'11 guy that Tommy was just talking about. Uh, they've got okay. the Joker. They've got uh, Murray. Uh, they've got uh, Gordon. Who was who was the star of the Orlando team that he played on, um, and actually, if he's allowed to, uh, I think plays Durant fairly well defensively. Um, if they let him, if they let him do it, um, the, if you get close to Durant, they'll call a foul on you, uh, and so they they really don't let you defend them very well, even if you're able to. And I think Gordon does about as good a job as anybody I've seen in the league, other than Kawhi Leonard. Uh, who they will allow to play a little bit because he's a star as well. Um, but I, I think Denver's going to win the whole thing. Uh, not the whole thing, but I think they're going to win this series. Um, and I think we'll see a, a, a big difference when they go back home to Denver now uh, as opposed to uh, what we saw in uh, in Phoenix. I think Phoenix has shot their wide. Uh, Booker and Durant will still play well, but I don't think these other guys will do what they've been doing. And the Joker is just dominating uh, – uh, eight, DeAndre Ayton, uh, and, and the other big man that they bring in off the bench. He's, he's, he's I, I, I didn't like to give him a lot of credit, uh, but he has changed my mind in this series. He, he's tough. He, he's really good. Okay. Uh, uh, Tim, I'm going to move over here to Princess because she's been itching 
her fingers and stuff been itching. So I want to talk about the Lakers and the Warriors. So, uh, Princess, what what you have with the Lakers and the Warriors? What you got going? Uh, just go Lakers. I mean, no. Well, I wanted the Lakers to win, and, of course, I thought they could. But I also think a lot of the championship play and pedigree of the Golden State Warriors and how hot um, Clay Thompson and um, Steph Curry can get when they want to and how they seem to be able to turn it on. Um, so I, I really thought that they were going to even the series last night, they being the Warriors, and that did not happen. And I'm happy to see that, you know, the Lakers held home court um, stole one with the Warriors, and let's see what they can do when they go back to Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I'm just super proud that this is where they are. Now, a lot of things had to fall into place, and the fact that they were down double digits in the third quarter um, shows that they really do want to win this series. I'm also just trying to channel um, Anthony. Um, gosh, what's his name? Um, I, I really want him to be more consistent. I think if he's dominant, I don't think there's anybody out there that can stop them, including Draymond Green. Okay. Uh, uh, Tommy. Hey, my Lakers looking pretty good right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Turnovers, <laughs> turnovers hurt the Warriors in the fourth quarter on the last game. Uh, I thought they were going to – uh, defeat the Lakers, but they started turning the ball over and throwing it away, so that made the difference. Plus, the Lakers are—they too big. They're, they're too big for the Warriors. The Warriors can't contain them on the inside. And Anthony Davis is playing well right now. Hopefully, he'll continue to do so. But Lonnie Walker saved them from—you know—from defeat that last game. You know, they haven't been playing him. Uh, and he came off the bench and did a good job. I'm not counting the Warriors out yet, but they don't look right. The, the team doesn't look right. Um, seems like there's something going on there. I don't, you know, I don't know what, but it seems like something is going on there. Is Kaminga still playing for them? I haven't saw him. They don't. I guess yeah, they buried him he, on the bench. Yeah, he yeah. played in the third game. Yeah. But uh, I don't. He, maybe he's tinkering with the with the rotation. But uh, something is not right with the Warriors right now. Um, but I'm not counting them out. But I am. Okay. I'm, I'm proud of the Lakers. Okay, uh, I'm gonna jump back over here to Tim because Tim, I want to know who drained the pool. <laughs> uh, somebody did, because uh, but you know, you know, Duck. In all honesty, um, he the guy the guy can play. He he's a he's a tremendous shooter uh, offensively. He's not much of a defensive player, but he's he's a, he's a tremendous offensive weapon. But if you notice, when the Warriors need somebody to really step up and kind of carry them for a, a period of time, Poole is not the guy. He he's a front runner. Uh, he shoots. He'll shoot the lights out when they're running well, but when they when they get in trouble and they need somebody to kind of carry them through a tough period, uh, particularly I noticed it when uh, when Steph Curry was out. Uh, Poole is not the guy. He, he's a front runner, so um, I, I'm not totally surprised that they're doing this to him. Okay, uh, and uh, Tony, you, you heard 
If you heard uh, Tommy talk about Kaminga and you know Moody's playing, uh, but Poole is not playing very well. Very well, this Divincenzo. Uh, I got to go to Alexa for that. But anyway, uh, he, you know, you get those guys, but and Michael Green. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like, you know, when they have Porter and Peyton coming off the bench with Poole and them. And like Tommy mm-hmm. said, it's, it's a little bit different. So your thoughts on the Warriors? You know, um, of course, the pedigree, you know, in the, in the with the Warriors organization, you know, is, is you know, everyone knows it's stellar. And uh, the Lakers is playing phenomenal basketball. But, you know, when it comes to the, the this series, and I, I think one of the big reasons, Dave, that the Lakers have actually gone up in this series is that, you know, they're, they're, they're having more confidence in their guys on the bench. And it seems like Steve Kerr and his staff, is they're trying to make all the adjustments to match up with the Lakers, it seems like, because um, you mentioned those guys. And, like, I think throughout this series, he's changed his starting lineup, you know, like several times. You know, uh, the last game, um, you know, he started Peyton, you know, and, um, you know, Looney was sick uh, one game, and uh, he went with a different lineup. Then you got, uh, you know, Poole's not playing well, so, you know, they're keeping him out, sitting on the bench. And, you know, Clay Thompson not playing well. I mean, it's just like a lot of uh, a lot of changes in their lineup. I think they even had uh, Draymond come off the bench one game. So he's, it mm-hmm. seems like he's trying to match up with uh, Lakers' size and, you know, just throw them off a little bit and just make some adjustments to try to, you know, get a, get a you know, a solid, um, you know, solid win. Um, I just think that, you know, the Lakers are making less mistakes and guys that are coming off the bench, um, they're just stepping up, man. And Anthony Davis – is playing phenomenal basketball. He's playing big boy basketball right now. And once he's playing big boy basketball, you know, LeBron is just coming right behind him. And then, you know, the rest of the guys is just joining in. You know, Reeves is, is uh, very good, very underrated, and he's a, a really, really good player. Kane is stepping up now that he's back from his ankle injury. He's feeling a little bit more, you know, strong out there. I've always liked Shannon. You know, even when he was in Philly and Brooklyn, I always liked him. He can always shoot the ball. Uh, Bam, you know, I'm sorry, not Bam. Um, Bio, he's, um, you know, he's playing well. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Phoenix. Hachi uh, Mara and uh, yeah, you know, and Schroeder, those guys are playing uh, good basketball. And then, of course, um, you know, the last game, you know, Lonnie Walker. I mean, he comes in, man, and he just <laughs> take over. You know, you heard LeBron say, man, we, they would have never won again. It wasn't for Lonnie Walker. So they had a lot of things going their way. And, um, you know, I, I like to see the Lakers finish it off and get it done. It's going to be tough game five, you know, um, you know, at the uh, Golden State's arena. But um, they may be able to pull it out. If not, they may all have to go back to L.A., and finish it out in L.A. in six. Okay. Uh, I want to come to uh, Larry because it 
at the beginning of the year, you know, Charles Barkley had called him Street Clothes Davis, but now he he done put a uniform on. <laughs> your, your thoughts? <laughs> I, you know, it, it's funny. Several people have, have kind of commented on on Anthony Davis. Um, he is unguardable by you know Draymond and anybody on that team. Um, and as he goes, so go the Lakers. Um, he has a great surrounding cast, but if he didn't produce and hasn't produced, yeah, I thought they were in trouble. And they struggled all year, and he has struggled all year. He struggled to stay to stay healthy, um, and it, it appears that all of a sudden he's he's learned to become aggressive. Um, and so Steve Kerr uh, has been playing from behind. Um, I don't know if Tommy, if it was Tommy, it, you know, the adjustments are the adjustments to the to that big lineup, and they've never been able to match up with it. And on the other hand, as I look at the Warriors, I think Tommy mentioned this. Um, there's something. There is something missing. Uh, there is something off with this this Warriors team. It's, it's difficult to put your finger on it. Poole is a, an outstanding player, um, but I don't think there's been a recovery since that incident with Draymond Green. And I, if you've also, if you look at some of the, I think there have been some clips that go into the sidelines. He's not giving any pounds, shaking anybody's hands on occasions when it's the Draymond and them. So there's some splintering going on, and and, and and at this time of the year, it shows on the court, and we're starting to see that. Um, and it's difficult to put your finger on, um, but I do think they are just that off. Because Poole can score with the best of them. Um, but it, it appears that that confidence has been taken. And I thought I saw Kenny and Charles talk about this. You can't give a player confidence, but you can certainly take it away. And it looks like his yeah. confidence is gone um, because if he's scoring, uh, I think it's a much a much better game, a much better series. So you, you, there is nothing that you can do with that big lineup if Anthony decides to play and whatever is happening internally is affecting them. I think the Lakers are going to pull this one out. Okay. Uh, Will, you, you hear some of the things that uh, Larry is saying, but uh, – I, I'm not trying to be funny. Uh, if pool comes to the bench, you're shooting 20-something percent. I don't know if I want to give you a high five or not because you might miss that. But anyway. So what's your thoughts, Will? Yeah, I mean, it's. That's what it's come down to. I mean, look at. I mean, we talk about LeBron and AD mostly with the Lakers, but look at what the supporting cast was able to do uh, last night to help stage that comeback. You had uh, Lonnie Walker off the bench. You had uh, Schrader was playing well off the bench. Uh, Reeves has been playing good for most of the series. They just got more help from the supporting cast. And I mean, we talk about Golden State's uh, championship pedigree. Yeah, was Poole had a bad game, but Clay Thompson had a off night. What does uh, Barkley say about Draymond gets his triple singles night after night? Doesn't really contribute that much. You had um, you know, he didn't get much out of uh, the bench at all. Looney didn't give you much. I mean, it's just you know, just don't see the Warriors as a team playing that well. Curry's always going to get his, but every time you see them make deep playoff runs and win championships, you just see that supporting cast step up and. Uh, help him, you know, get over that top. We're just not seeing that this year. Okay. I want to I want to stay right with you uh well, cuz I want I want to talk about uh the Knicks and the Heat. Your thoughts on this series? 
<laughs> Knicks are just getting out hustles. You know, when you think of the Knicks, you think of the 90s Knicks, they were always physical, hustle, scrappy. You know, you didn't give up easy buckets. You know, they would out-rebound you. I mean, we just don't see that with this Knicks team. They're just getting out-hustled, out-strapped in every way possible by the Heat. I mean, the Heat didn't even shoot that well in the fourth quarter in uh, last night's game, but offensive rebound after offensive rebound, hustling for loose balls, getting second, third, fourth shot attempts in one possession. It's like, do the Knicks want to win this game or not? You know, where's the hustle or the scrappiness that we typically see from uh, teams like that? So I just think Miami wants it more. They're scrappier. Uh, they have more experience. They're better coached. You know, the Heat culture they talk about is – is the real deal. I think they'll close this out on the road uh, in five. Okay. Uh, uh, Princess, uh, you've been watching the Heat and uh, the Knicks. Your thoughts? I just want to know why Philly got rid of Jimmy Butler. Okay, I'll move on. Me um, too. Oh. Me too. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's painful. That's like talking about the Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Or the Eagles losing the Super Bowl. Everybody's painful. You know, I, the, the Heat wants want this more. I thought when Tyler Hero went, went down, I thought that was their sharpshooter that was gone and that it would be a tighter series, but um, once again, the Knicks are being the Knicks, and I, I thought it was fool's gold that they got to the second round, and, and here we are. But the Heat just looks like they wanted better, and a lot of it, I think it was Willa just said, the, the hustle um, plays um, and out just out-rebounding them and staying around the basket, those type of things, you can see it. And I agree, I think they closed it out in game five. Um, a shout-out to the whole staff, though, um, of the Heat. Um, I I just think they're doing it right. And then, of course, there's Jimmy Butler. Okay, uh, uh, Tim. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can add a whole lot more than than what I think Will said. Uh, they're doing to New York what New York did to Cleveland in the previous previous round. I think I counted one, one possession uh, last night, I believe it was, where they had six shots in a row at the bucket yeah. uh, on one trip down the court. It was ridiculous. I mean, they, they were just getting out-hustled. It was like they were just not, you know, the Heat was just dominating them in terms of the, the flow of the game. Uh, and I don't see uh, New York turning this around. They look like they're just frustrated uh, with what uh, the Heat is doing to them. And uh, Jimmy Butler's just just ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's just playing just – lights out, but he does this in the playoffs. I mean, you, you remember in the bubble he did this. Uh, the team didn't play uh, all that great against the Lakers in the finals, but Butler Butler played great, um, and he's doing it again. Um, so I think I, I agree with everybody else. I think this was over uh, in five. Okay, uh, Larry. Yeah, to everybody's point. Um, there was something that I saw in last night's game. They, they are being out physical. Um, and, and, you know, Jimmy Buckets has got the, the rest of that team, and I know we just said you can't give a, a player confidence, but obviously you can if you're playing next to somebody like that and he says, let's go. Um, so you've got, you know, players after the, the two went down, he's got players stepping up, and they feel okay taking that shot. 
But at the four-minute mark of the game last night, and I was watching, you know, Randall, if somebody went to pass him, Brunson went to pass him the ball when he was getting doubled, and he just had his hands down, not ready for the ball. Then he kind of put him up, and then he just kind of just settled in, in, into the corner and disappeared. It's almost like they've just taken the game out of him. Um, that, was, that was, you know, surprising to see. Um, so when we talk about front runners, I'm going to pay attention to him again. I didn't like the body <laughs> language that I saw from him. Um, he literally looked like he gave up and Butler took it from him. It's almost like Butler talking to Tobias Harris when, when I saw him looking and playing against Randall. Um, so if you're not going to be out physical and you're not going to out-hustle them, you're not going to be Jimmy and, and that team. Um, so to everybody's point, um, and specifically the Randall issue, yeah, you can't ask Jalen Brunson, as good as he is, uh, to do it alone without getting some help from Randall, who is a physical presence out there when he chooses to be, but has not been. And when your bruiser doesn't want to bruise, you got a problem. <laughs> hey, hey, Duck, I forgot to mention, Kyle Lowry's playing with great ball. I mean, he's showing – the veteran that he is, um, and his championship medal. I think I just I think he just stole uh, Tony's thunder. But go ahead, Tony. He oh I'm sorry. He's in the mix. <laughs> uh, this series, Dave, and uh, that's a really good point, uh, Tim. Um, this series right here is a perfect example of how hard it is to win in the NBA championship run. This is a perfect example. Because you look at the Miami Heat, you know, from the front office all the way down, these guys have the pedigree, they got the experience, they got the chips, they know what this is about. Um, New York has a res- uh, resurgence of coming back to prominence, you know, back into the playoffs. They got young guys who have never been here before. They don't know really what it's like. Now they're learning. I don't think because of their inexperience, they're able to make the adjustments as quickly as Miami Heat can. And that's, that's what I'm seeing. Uh, Tim mentioned about Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is playing phenomenal basketball. You know, at one point, man, I was like, uh, what the heck is going on with Kyle Lowry? And then all of a sudden he just started, like, you know, playing, you know, basketball the way that we're used to watching him play, you know. Just, you know, on the defensive end, he's knocking down shots. Jimmy Buckets is just out of sight, um, you know, They've lost some guys through injury, but, you know, Strauss is coming in. He's playing tough. Kevin Love. I mean, these guys got championship pedigree. They know what it's like to be there. And I think this is what's happening, and it's carrying over to guys like Vincent and Bam and those guys, and, you know, and they're just overtaking New York right now. And they know how to get to the next game. I think New York might have one more in them to get before the Heat overwhelms them and just win the series. I think they got one more fight in them. And um, I think it's going to go, it's going, you know, I think New York is going to get it, make it 3-2, and then uh, I think the Heat will just finish it off um, after that. But a great, great example of, of how hard it is to win, um, trying to win a championship. It's not easy, man. These guys are learning that. Okay. Uh, Tommy. Uh, you know, go okay, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You're good. <clears throat> you know, this this has been a, a physical series. Uh, Miami, man, 
they're playing great ball right now. And when this series started, you know, I was proud of the Knicks, man, because those, you know, the, the the Garden, it was live again. Everything was good, man. I said, you know, the Knicks, they, you know, they have to to win. I mean, I thought that they would beat the Heat in the beginning, but man, the Heat got tough, and now the Knicks players <clears throat> are complaining to the media about the Heat getting a little home cooking from the officials. <laughs> you know, everybody's pushing off now, man. You know, they they got that wing out there that if you get close, they don't push you off before they go up for that jump shot or make another move. Huh? That's the way the game is being played today. But yeah. Uh, yeah. the Knicks, they, they don't have an answer for uh, Butler. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they wasn't eliminated the next game. You know, it's just like they gave up, man. I, I don't know what the problem is. Maybe that physicality got to them or whatever, but it wouldn't surprise me if they, they uh, wasn't eliminated the next game. Okay. Tommy, I want to stay right with you because I want to know why Charles Barkley and Shaq was killing Derek White's hairline. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> way back, David. It was way back. They do sit up. They do sit up, Tommy. But anyway, go ahead. Hey, um, you know what? With the Celtics and the Seventy Sixers, I'm I'm a, I think the Celtics will win this series because I don't think that Harden and uh, Embiid can score thirty points each for the rest of the series. Seems like it's going to take both of them to score 30 for them to win, and I don't think they'll be able to do it. Um, I think it'll go uh, to seven. I think it'll go to seven games, but I'm sticking with the Celtics. Okay. All right. Uh, Tony, um, I'm going to to go with uh, Philadelphia, uh, 76ers, to win this series. And um, right now it's critical uh, for both coaches on both sides to really win, win, win this series here. A lot is at stake. I'm talking about major changes that Philadelphia does not come out of this series. And I think one of the things that they got to do, what Doc Rivers has to do, he likes to go with the one-two punch, Embiid and James Harden, which, you know, we know that those guys can play. Um, and Bede is not in the condition that he was before he went out with the knee injury. Um, you can't go one-two punch the whole game and have the other guys standing around watching, ball watching. There's got to be more ball movement. There's got to be guys moving without the ball, um, and they got to play with more pace. I will look to really try to uh, figure out a way to rotate my guys so that Embiid is getting the rest that he needs, making sure that he's always in the game the last four or five minutes of every quarter. You know, if it means sitting him out at the beginning of the quarter or playing him in the beginning and taking him out and then putting him back toward the end, um, is the adjustments they got to they got to make to get the other guys in the flow. When when uh, when the Sixers are not playing well and Boston is just rattling off points, is because guys are standing around watching. 
Embiid hold the ball too long. He gets the ball and he holds it too long. And then they're not getting into the offense fast enough. You're, they're coming down. You got eight seconds to cross half court. They're coming down, taking their time. James is walking him down the floor because he's trying to help give Embiid time to get down the floor because he's tired. So now they come down. They still walk it. Then they go into their pick and roll, the horn set. And then Embiid gets the ball in the middle, and he's holding the ball. Three guys is on him. He's just holding it. Now there's five seconds to go. Now they're trying to rush to get a force a shot up. It's not good offense. They got to make that adjustment, get the ball moving more into the other guy's hands. When you have high pace, Maxie is going to kill people. Tobias Harris is going to kill people. If they make those adjustments, they will beat Boston with no problem. And that's all I got to say. I'm going to go with Philly. Okay. All right, Larry. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was great. Um, as a Philly fan, everything that you said is correct. Um, the ball and the pace with Harden. I am not a Harden fan. Um, and by the way, I know he scored 45, but uh, if you watch the other two games and even the games that, that, that he won, um, he hesitates to take shots. He is not aggressive. I think in the last game you see he is at the rim for a layup and three or four times we'll kick it out to where the announcers are wondering what's going on. So um, I'm not sure what's happening there. And this one-two punch with everybody having to sit, stand around is not effective. And, uh, you know, the pace is slow. When I look at the Celtics, I don't know, and I mentioned this earlier in the season, something's going on with the Celtics, and specifically Jalen Brown, and there were rumors, and uh, you know, that there would be a trade. And at the end of the game, you know, he seems to disappear. Now, some of them, some, some folks have called that coaching, or I don't know how the ball is not finding his hands. But as a guy who, you know, last game who lit it up for like maybe the first eight to ten points, this guy is as good as anybody, you know, during the playoffs until it's, you know, until it's game time in the fourth quarter, and he kind of disappears. And then you've got to concern yourself with coaching. I don't know how. As a Philly fan, I was happy how you didn't get a shot off in time um, during that last game to lose that game. Um, so there's some issues going on there. I think there's some internal issues. Um, I think the Sixers have the more dominant player in Embiid. And, it, again, I think uh, uh, Tim may have mentioned this. It depends on how the game is refereed um, because they will let Smart get underneath them, push them, and people triple-team them and be all over them. It's reminiscent of Shaq uh, to where they let a lot of fouls go by. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if that is not the case, um, he can be a little more dominant, but his team does have to come to his rescue. And I despise watching Harden after he kicks the ball out, who just freezes there and does not give Embiid another opportunity to kick it out so he could take a shot. Um, I'm still sticking with the Sixers. Um, we are more dominant. I do think Boston has a better all-around team, but we do have the more dominant players when they are playing correctly, and I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they can do that. Okay, uh, I'm going to disagree with Larry uh, because I think uh, Boston's Celtics coach is probably the best coach in the NBA, and I'm going to go on and move that on to Preston. Where's he from, David? Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm glad somebody asked. He, he played at WBU. I'm sorry. All right. Hey, that's what I thought. That's I think I thought. he grew up on, uh, on David Street. 
<laughs> oh, Lord. All right, Christmas. Well, um, I'm just sorry Yudoka is gone, and I'm glad that he's landed with the Houston Rockets. Um, so, but I don't know about this series. You know, for um, Larry Tisdale and, and, and Tim Moore on here, I really hope that the Sixers, and I think even Tony Cohen, the Sixers win this. But it doesn't seem like any team is really grabbing the momentum um, in this series. And I really think that Embiid is hurt. I don't think you're going to get more him than you are. And obviously he's challenged with, you know, any type of um, vertical leap. And and James Harden is just James Harden. Um, and if Eagles, I mean, I'm sorry, if the 76ers fans don't like him, I I don't like him either, but um, I've always I've been a, a Boston fan, and I like Brown, and I like Tatum, um, and I really thought that they they'd win this series in, in five. Um, I'm surprised um, that they have not dominated this series. I don't know who's going to win, but for the sake of all the fans on on here, I hope the 76ers do. You all say. Okay, Will, okay. your thoughts, uh, Sixers and the Celtics. Yeah, I thought the last game, we had a really good game. The last one looked like the um, Sixers were pulling ahead. Boston made a great comeback. Tatum just started out so cold, but played very well down the stretch. Almost pulled out the win, but had another monster game from James Harden. So you look at the two wins the Sixers have. Harden's going for over 40. I mean, is he gonna have, he's just going to have to be more consistent um, for Philly to win this series because the two games he lost, I think he had less than 20 points and didn't shoot well, wasn't nearly as aggressive. I mean, Embiid's going to get his. I think they got a well-rounded team, but I just think we got to see more consistency from uh, James Harden. The Sixers are going to pull this off. I think I'm going to stick with Celtics in seven, but I think it'll. Um, I just think they have that championship pedigree. They're trying to get back Brown and Tatum, uh, proving that they can step up, win game sevens. But it's going to be a great series. Probably the best, uh, one of the better second-round series we're going to have. Okay. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I, I, a lot's been said, and I, I agree with uh, – I'm, I'm a Sixers fan, too, and I, I was just sitting here thinking I don't want to add anything. I think Larry and Will kind of covered covered most of everything uh, that, that needed to be said, and Tony as well, about the about the Sixers. Uh, I, I do think Boston's a better team, but the Sixers have the more dominant players. Um, but I'm, I'm just marveling at Doc Rivers, who um, has got me cheering for um, – <clears throat> For uh, James Harden, who I've never liked as a ball player, um, and uh, as Tommy was saying, he he is the chief guy who who uses. You know, I watch the old the old guys play, and they they all have have always used that off arm a little bit to kind of ward off defenders. But now these guys are using it forearm and shoulders uh, in ways that they never did before. Uh, and um, but Doc's got me cheering for Harden. And if Miami goes ahead and wins and Philly wins, he's going to have me cheering for Tobias Harris against Jimmy Butler, who he favored because he put, he coached him in San Diego uh, or with the Clippers or whatever. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. I <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this, but I'm, I'm pulling for the Sixers because I've been a Sixers fan since Dr. J was there, since he came there from the Nets actually. Okay. Let's uh, stay with you, Tim. And let's talk about, some college uh, picks coming up. Uh, start with uh, Wallace from Kentucky. 
Um, decent ball player. I'm not terribly impressed with him in terms of like a, a top flight lottery pick type guy, but but a good ball player. I think he, he'll be a decent pro. Uh, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but I think he's a decent pro. Cespino, uh, IU, a good ball player. I think I think he'll make somebody a, a solid uh, solid ball player in the pros. I think he'll he'll actually be a starter and uh, probably not a star, but I think he'll be a good ball player in the pros and and probably will go very high in the draft. Okay, uh, Murray, Iowa, um, good ball player, very good ball player, um, and he'll he'll probably go in the top three or four in the in the draft. Okay, uh, then we have Lively Duke. Lively's a good ball player, young guy. He's got a lot to learn. Uh, needs to put on a little bit of weight. He's a little light in the pants, as we used to say around the neighborhood. Um, but a good <laughs> ball player. Um, it's going to take him a couple of years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim. You're going back on the stem. All right. Jones. Jones. <laughs> who, who is this? Who is this duck? Uh, Jones. Um, Jones from Xavier. You know, I'm not terribly familiar with him. I saw him uh, against uh, Kennesaw in the tournament. It did not impress me, but he came through late in the ball game. I think he's uh, he's kind of a question mark. I don't know about him, but he'll go in the draft high. Okay, and uh, last one, Hawkins, UConn, best player in the draft, good ball player. He he was he was thoroughly impressive. I thought during their run wow. to the championship this year. Okay, uh, Will, Wallace, Kentucky. I think you'll get picked high in the top uh, 20. He's 6'4", 195, good perimeter defender. Um, would have liked to see more scoring uh, out of him, but I think he's got room to grow on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he's got good athleticism, so he'll make a good uh, perimeter defender for a team that uh, needs that in the top 20. Uh, Shafino. Um, another, uh, I think, top 25 pick, maybe top 15. I mean, 6'6", six, six, uh, 215 point guard, good sport vision, good passer. So I think he also has a lot of room to grow. He'll also be a, possibly a lottery pick. Okay, Mary, Iowa. Um, I think he'll probably also be, let's say, top 20 uh, pick. I mean, what, we got a 6'9", 225. Um, he can play all positions on the uh, front court. Um, you know, he's good. a good scorer, has room to grow there. So um, I think he'll also be a good uh, physical presence on the front court in that top 20. Okay. Uh, lively. Yeah, your traditional uh, center, you're looking for a 7-foot, 230, still have a lot of development to go. Um, I think because of that, he'll probably be late first round, let's say 25 to top 30 pick, but I think you know, teams willing to develop him and get him to where he needs to be. You know, he can be another good uh, big man for somebody. Okay, uh, Jones. <clears throat> um, Xavier, I didn't watch too much of Xavier, but six six uh, shooting guard would probably be. Yeah, I think maybe a late first, early second round pick. Um, good athleticism, so we'll see. You know, if somebody has the time to develop him, he can become a uh, break somebody's rotation as a rookie. Okay, uh, Hawkins. Uh, yeah, from UConn, I was able to catch him. He had a great uh, tournament run this past year. I mean, he's a good shooting guard prospect, good scorer, good jump shot. I think he should be a top 15, a top to be a lottery pick, and he'll be an immediate starter for uh, somebody to add scoring right away. 
Okay. I, I want to come to Tony and Tony. Uh, in no particular order, uh, how would you how would you uh, think these guys would go? Um, I tell you, Dave. Um, one thing one thing that uh, stands out to me is that the average age is 19 years old. All these guys are super young. Uh, I think the oldest guy um, in this particular uh, list of guys is um, the kid Chris Murray from Iowa. He's like 23 years old. Um, the brother of Keegan Murray, who's doing well with Sacramento Kings, his twin brother, matter of fact, um, I think he did a really good uh, job in making a good decision to pull himself out of the draft and stay in school. Um, so he's got like three years under his belt uh, of college ball. And he, I think um, having a twin brother in the league, learning from him, playing, you know, uh, playing more in college, just learning more, I think he's going to be probably um, one of those, uh, what do you call it, surprises or a sleeper. I yeah. think he's one of the sleepers in the draft because he does have the maturity, um, you know, over time having more time um, as opposed to the rest of these guys being 19 years old, one year out of high school. Um, the other guy that I really love in this list is Hawkins from UConn. He reminds me of Ray Allen. Um, I think he's going to be an immediate impact. Uh, and uh, he had two years of, uh, you know, college ball. And then, you know, they go, you know, as far as they went, you know, in a tournament, and he really got some good teaching and uh, some good exposure. You know that he's ready, and he has a really good head on his shoulders. So I look for him to to make an immediate impact, um, you know, in the you know in the league immediately. Uh, I think the rest of the guys they're going to be uh, good, good, you know, solid pros. But it's going to take some time, I think, um, for them to get adjusted. I don't think they're going to be you know, super immediate impact players, but they will be solid um, pro professional players. Okay. Uh, uh, Tommy, uh, out of that group, who who you think would kind of mo- move up and maybe the lottery would pick, you know, a top 10 or even the top 15? Wow. Um, <clears throat> maybe Murray. Um, I've watched him play a few games. Um, and Hawkins, you know, Hawkins had a good tournament. He uh, he made 21 threes in a six-game span during the tournament, shooting 50%. But I'm 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 kind of high on uh, what is this? Chifino from Indiana. Yeah, it's a six-six guard that can uh, penetrate the paint and facilitate at a high level. Plus, he has a great mid-range. He's a great mid-range shooter. So I'm, I'm kind of high on him. I figure all these guys are going the first round. It's just that I don't know how how high any of them uh, will go. <clears throat> and the center from Duke is not bad. You know, it's just that the scouts say he has all the tools to be a, a good defensive player at the next level. He'll just need time to develop. But okay. I think all these guys will be successful as they move on. 
Okay, Larry, you got one minute to bring it home for us, Larry. What uh, what are your thoughts on take a player and and tell us a little bit about him? Yeah. Well, Wallace out of Kentucky is, you know, he's got great size, and he's probably the best defender out of everybody coming out. So playing at the point, I think he's going to have a lot of versatility there for you. Uh, Shafino, I think a lot of us just spoke, 6'6", 215, athletic point. Um, but these guys, I think somebody else mentioned this, all but one, these are very young kids. Um, Murray um, out of Iowa is just you know, his wingspan, his mobility, his athleticism. I think Will mentioned he could play all along that front line, so he gives you a lot of versatility. And if he could develop a jump shot, you know, at this level at 6'11", you know, with this new way of playing basketball, this European style, I call it, you know, he could he could get in there and hit some threes. Lively out of Duke, um, 7'1", he just, he is lighting the pants. Um, he needs, it's difficult, it's a little easier than it used to be, it's difficult to, difficult to come in uh, at this level uh, and play center. So he's athletic. He was the number one recruit when he came out. Um, he just needs no, some gotta, time. No, you got to speed it up for us because we got to yep. get All right. and then, to and that then, show. And who I like gotta, really, we got to get out of here. Think, we got to get out of here. Oh, Hawkins is the best player. Ray Allen, Rip Hamilton. Okay. All right, Princess, take us out. Thank you. Sorry we had to rush. We've got to get ready for another show. Tim Moore, Duck Raleigh, thank you so much. Larry Tisdale, Will Harris, Tommy Pritchard, and Tony Coleman. We appreciate you all. Have a great week. Good night.